0: on today's episode of Business Lunch.
1: Speaking of Snoop, do you
2: have a favorite Snoop story?
1: Oh, favorite. I have lots and lots of stories. But once, yeah, he came to visit me one day. He he, um, he had, I must have just landed at the local airport. And he called and he said, Hey, can I come over? And I said, I said, okay. Um, a bunch of my daughter's friends and their kids all running around the farm and everybody was swimming and I was cooking a big lunch for them. And I said, how many people? He said, "Oh, maybe three. And so up comes this, you know, Mercedes bus. <laughs> these giant guys are all like six, six and taller. They're, and one was called Teeny and one was called Tiny. And they all showed up, there they they were about eight of them. And they all came and sat, plunked right down at the lunch table where it was for my daughter's friends. <laughs> and um, and the kids came running up, all these little kids came running, they were about seven and eight, um, didn't pay any attention to these guys. But we had so much fun. And then Snoop invited everyone, he said what's that building? He thought I was, we were sitting, on the terrace of my house where I live, which is a, kind of a modest farmhouse. And he said, what's that building down there? And it's my stable, which is a big stone. It looks like a stone mansion. My, my horses live way better than I live. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm, I'm going to go look at, take a look at down there and then look for some grass. And every adult followed him, like little, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go. But he, they all went and they had a great time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're listening to Business Lunch with Roland Fraser. This is your seat at the table. Hey, Business Lunch listeners. If you want to scale your business, you have to know what's working and what's broken. And to date, Ryan and Roland have started 13 companies from scratch. They've funded a dozen more and directly advise hundreds of CEOs and entrepreneurs on how to grow and scale their companies. And over the years, they've identified the eight key domains that allow a business to scale to eight figures and beyond. And they use those eight areas to help entrepreneurs and CEOs find their current strengths and weaknesses and understand the constraints that are getting in the way of them scaling. So if you want a quick and accurate look at what areas you can improve to scale your business faster, go and take our scalability assessment. It's an assessment that'll show you exactly where you need to focus to scale your business and achieve even your loftiest goals. In just five minutes, you'll know your exact scale constraints and you'll get instant actionable steps on how to improve your business. So go to businesslunchpodcast.com slash score to take the free assessment. One more time, it's businesslunchpodcast.com slash score. Welcome to Traffic
2: and Conversion Summit. Thank Thank you you. for coming out to see us.
1: Thank you. TNC stands for town and country for me. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I won't say any more jokes. No, we like jokes here. We like it a lot.
2: (laughs) So what now? Now I got to tell you, she she beat me to one of the coolest new restaurants in town. This is how on top of things you are. You you went to a really cool place today, and she was Instagramming it when we met upstairs. She's like, "How
1: do you spell that place?" It's like really <laughs> uh, really Vaga. cool, and it's so it's so good, Vaga. It's a. I met the chef last week in Aspen. I was at the Food and Wine Festival. Mm. And, uh, the, it's a, a wonderful festival that was cut down by two-thirds because of COVID. Similar. But, but, uh, we introduced all the great new chefs, um, and the, uh, established chefs. And she's one of the established chefs who's opened a, a very unique restaurant with unique food. And I think, uh, you'll all enjoy if you're, if you have time to go up to Encinitas and, uh, and visit uh, this beautiful baga v a g a, so you will like it. That's awesome. And we ate way too much. Did you? <laughs> we didn't drink because I had to come here. I know. I asked her. I said, "Did you have a cocktail?" And she said, "No, I had to go to work." <laughs>
2: yeah, that's right. This is work. <laughs> Speaking of cocktails, you said you are a big fan of cocktails. I know, and you kind of turned uh, Snoop onto it in the show that you guys do together. What um, What are some of the the best things that we should have to make a good cocktail?
1: Well, um, I think you shouldn't skimp on the quality of the booze that you buy. Yeah. That's important for your bar should really be an elegant bar. Cause, you know, I, most of us don't drink that much, I hope. But, but if you're going to, if you're going to drink, you might as well drink the real good stuff. Amen. And so, um, so I like really good tequila. It's something called Casa Dragones. Casa Dragones, yeah. You know, if I, you know, if I'm thinking about George Clooney, I might buy you know Casa those, the Casa Amigos. But, <laughs> but I traveled with him once to Australia. That He's was really? fun. Yeah, he was really great.
2: He's quite the uh, humorous person, I understand. But
1: his tequila is not as good as Casa Dragones. So all right. And then, um, I don't drink gin, but if I did drink gin, I'd probably drink Ryan Reynolds because he's a next-door neighbor, and, aviator. you know, and he would be mad at me if I didn't drink his gin. But, uh, but what? Yes, Aviator. Yeah, I should not mention that, right? Mm-hmm. Then, uh, vodka. I found a new vodka recently called Zubrovka. Okay. Now, I have no affiliation with any of these companies yet, but maybe if I mention them enough, maybe they'll give me a speaking engagement or something. I, I love, like that.
2: Now you've you've uh, uh, you've done your own wines, right?
1: I, I have, but I have a new one coming. Yeah, let's hear about it. Now, Snoop uh, introduced his Cali Red last year. It was a huge runaway success, and um, it was the I think the largest launch of any wine ever. It's a supermarket wine. You know, it's for it's for the kids mm-hmm. who, eight, Is it eighteen years old? How was it? Is it or twenty one? <laughs> I don't I don't even know what the drinking age is. <laughs> So anyway, it's for the kids, and but he sold more than any wine ever sold in a year. Did he year. really? Yes, it's oh, wow. very. So now I'm going to be doing my wine in a to match up with his. I cannot tell you anything about it other than mine is a Chardonnay. It has the greatest name, and uh, I can't tell you what we're doing with it. But watch out for it; it's coming.
2: Any uh, thoughts of a liquor sponsorship or? Or
1: well, I'm, or? I'm big on sake, and I'm looking at it for a sake now a manufacturer. I, I, I think nobody's done a nobody's really branded a sake, okay, except for Nobu. And, I can't uh,
2: remember the names of them. It's horrible. I, I, I know. So Martha brand. would be so much
1: easier, right? Martha. Masa. Would be easy. Masasan.
2: Where, where would I be able to buy it?
1: I want Masa-san <laughs> vodka. I mean, uh, sake. It's so good. So,
2: I love it. Um, also, I uh, can tell
1: he's. It's the end of the day. He needs a cocktail. <laughs>
2: I would love one. Yes. Yeah. What cocktail should I have? What do you What do you recommend? Uh, I would
1: look for a caipirinha. Yeah.
2: Tell
1: yeah. us. Who about likes that? caipirinhas? Yes. Yeah. And it's a great drink. It's cachaca, which is a Brazilian. It's like the Brazilian vodka. Or the, you know, it's a, It's made out of cane sugar. My it's wife very bought, good. She
2: just read your stuff and bought all of that. Yeah, so and excited. It,
1: and it's lime and sugar, raw sugar, and uh, and cachaca over ice, and it is delicious. All right, I like it in a sugar rimmed glass.
2: In a sugar rimmed glass, not salt. Sugar. Okay, fair enough. So what what are you you've got so many things going on. Tell us about some of the things you're doing now. Some of the new Well, right marketing.
1: now we're launching um, and we've launched but a soft launch and uh, the big launch comes uh, rather soon. martha.com which is our own online store. Awesome. Uh, and I can't wait. It has all our own products on it, plus other curated products that I think all of you will like and, and need for your homes. Um I have two words that that I really uh sort of that help me choose the products and the and the kinds of products that I want to design. It's need and want. Do you need it and do you want it? Uh those are the two two words that I think are essential in choosing product lines tell us about that well it's just important i mean i i I, there's lots of things that sort of look great but do i need it okay and do i want it and uh and i think that those two words if you apply it uh you will save money you will not waste money you will not clutter your home and you will have good things what was i think
2: i remember reading you said need want and then was it also void is void a part of that?
1: Void, no, uh, no. Fill a void. Fill a void. Yeah, filling a void is another thing that that uh, I like to do. Mm-hmm. I I look around me. This is this is when you're building a brand. If you're looking to build your own brand about something or uh, of something, um, fill a void. It was uh, when I started my magazine. I was filling a giant void in the in the media world. Mm-hmm. There was no magazine quite like mine. And, uh, and it really made a huge difference in the success of a magazine when a lot of other magazines were closing their, their doors at, at that time. And ours was a runaway success. And it still is, it's, we still have 2.1 million subscribers of Martha Stewart Living Magazine. It's awesome. a very high rate base and uh, very exciting.
2: That's really cool. Um, the, you had said once, uh, I think that it's a good idea to repot yourself every 10 years or so. Would you talk a little bit about what that means?
1: Well, it's a, that's another little motto of mine when you're through changing you're through and uh and it's uh and it, I take it very seriously. Um I think change is good. I remember reading uh Kafka's Metamorphosis when I was a college student and it really stuck with me that change is good. Uh, you can change not too often, but and often enough so that you surprise people and you keep them on their toes. Uh, it's good with your husband. It's good with your wife. It's, uh, it's, uh, not, not bad to be a little surprising in, in what you do. So, um, so I think it's, um, repotting is, a, you know, same, same thing. Snoop would, Snoop would say repotting is something different than what I would say. I've learned a lot from Snoop over the years, by the way and uh but it's it's just making sure that you stay uh stay you ha- you want you stay out there don't stay back here stay out there all the time look to the future um and i think that that's kept me in very good shape and very good stead because um it, it can get very boring doing the same thing over and over and over again it's really great to branch out look ahead uh, try new things uh, be ad- adapt and adopt I, I like those nice. words. Uh, speaking of Snoop,
2: do you have a favorite Snoop story? Oh,
1: favorite? Oh, I have lots and lots of stories. But once, yeah, he came to visit me one day. He he um, he. Had, I must have just landed at the local airport, and he called and he said, "Hey, can I come over?" And I said, "I said." Okay, um, a bunch of my daughter's friends and their kids all running around the farm and everybody was swimming and I was cooking a big lunch for them. And I said, how many people? He said, oh, maybe three. And so up comes this, you know, Mercedes bus. <laughs> These giant guys are all like six, six and taller. There, and one was called Teeny, and one was called Tiny, and they all showed up. There were, there were about eight of them. And they all came and sat plunked right down at the lunch table where it was for my daughter's friends. <laughs> and, um, and the kids came running up. All these little kids came running. They were about seven and eight. Um, didn't pay any attention to these guys, but we had so much fun. And then Snoop invited everyone. He said, what's that building? He thought I was, we were sitting on the terrace of my house where I live, which is a, kind of a modest farmhouse. And he said, what's that building down there? And it's my stable, which is a big stone. It looks like a stone mansion. My, my horses live way better than I live. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm, I'm going to go look at, take a look at down there and, and look for some grass. And every adult followed him like little. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go, but he, they all went and they had a great time. <laughs>
2: You mentioned um, uh, a little bit about branding and what you did with the magazine back in the time, and you created this category called entertaining that didn't exist. When you were looking at that or when this audience is looking, we have a lot of people that work on brands here in the audience. Um, what, do you, what did you think about, or, or knowing everything you know now, what, what would you think about in kind of creating a brand? Is like like putting, putting something like that together now?
1: Well, but like I said, looking for the void. Um, for me, at that time, um, I wanted uh, I wanted a book, a magazine that taught me how to really run a home, go to work, take care of the kids, um, be a, a, a well-rounded woman, ho- homemaker, housewife, and businesswoman. And this was the magazine. This was the magazine that really sort of founded my company. And then. Um, when you make all this fabulous content, uh, you do Christmas decorations by hand, painstakingly, you're doing them yourself. And I said to myself, you know what? Many, many people, many women, don't have time to do this. So let's make it for them. That's the product lines that started to develop. That was really cool. Yeah, And that's really, that's how it all started. And I think that was the basis for a very good, strong company.
2: So some of the things that you're working on now, I think they're, um, you're involved with one called Canopy, is that right?
1: Canopy up in Canada. It's now listed on the New York Stock Exchange also. It's one of the largest cannabis companies in America. The founder invited me um, at the behest of Snoop. He said, Martha, you should be getting into this stuff. And he was right. Um, CBD, he's in the THC world. I'm in the, I'm in the CBD world. Okay. And CBD now is, we're finding other compounds that are oh, even more effective than CBD. And uh, and not hallucinogenic or or uh, but but very useful medically uh, autoimmune qualities all kinds of anti-inflammatory qualities so I'm working on uh, pet uh, CBD I'm working on human CBD my gummies are the number one gummies in America right now
2: really yes I did not know that congratulations if you haven't
1: tried them go to canopy.com um, and uh, order yourself a, a beautiful little candy box full of my gummies they're like patois they're 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 really uh copy i really sort of tried to emulate the great french confection those lovely little gummies that you get at the end of a french dinner okay and they're all wonderful flavors and we have a um, christmas and autumnal package coming soon and we also have a beautiful christmas package in the shape of a christmas tree are we going to have cbd macarons you're going to have, no, you're going to have chocolates and a few other very nice things. I won't tell you what they are, but they're good. I like that. I like that. Um,
2: and then there was something else I think I saw called App Harvest. Is that correct?
1: Well, I'm on the board of App Harvest. Um, okay. I also am very, very concerned about feeding the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I want good food for everybody. I uh, visited in Russia a few years ago uh, when my boyfriend at the time was going out to outer space. Not the... 50 miles up, like, you know, the guys now, you know, Jeff Bezos, 50 miles, I think he went 58 miles up. That's like going to the next town. But, um, (laughs) but my boy, my boyfriend went uh, 200 miles up to the Russian space station. Really? Yeah, and I got to go to Baikonur in in Kazakhstan where they take off, you know. Oh, wow. And it was very exciting, actually, to to see this. uh, and, And the reason he went to Russia is because they had never announced a problem in all the years that they've been sending astronauts up to the space station, they had never had any explosions or any problems. A lot
2: of the people that were going to report that accidentally fell out of the rockets as they were going. Yeah, maybe
1: you never know. <laughs> but anyway, he made it. He did it twice, and it was it was very exciting. I got to go up to the nose cone of the of the rocket oh, really? in the elevator just to say goodbye through the icy window that they had. Uh, it was a, a fascinating thing. I and again learning a lot. I would have liked to have gotten in there and gone up too. Yeah. But um, I haven't done it yet. It cost twenty. At that time, it was twenty-six million to go up for thirteen days. Yeah, a couple it's million a day. That's it's not too it. bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so speaking of boards, so you're
0: cost, on the. Plus, FR- it cost
1: Jeff Bezos a lot more than that to go up. It did. His fifty-eight miles, because he built the rockets himself. Yeah. His looks really nice, though. Yeah. And I thought I thought Richard Branson was even better. It was a good-looking rocket. That yeah, Jeff it really was. With. Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he only went fifty miles up. Yeah. The,
2: um, so on, on, so App Harvest is helping feed? Okay, so App Harvest is a
1: new company. It, w- it was, uh, it went public as a SPAC last year. Okay. But it is um, basically, when when I was in Russia, v- visiting the, the space, the space stations, I, um, I actually visited all these greenhouses, acres and acres and acres of greenhouses, uh, and, and under which, under the glass of which, uh, everything is grown mm. because the climate is just not conducive to growing year round, outside okay. and they have to feed all their people so um so app harvest is doing the same thing in appalachia they've have centered on Appalachia because it is the where they are uh, in Kentucky uh, is within a day's drive of all metropolitan areas in the on the eastern seaboard in Central America. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, cent- center of America. I don't know okay. Central America. And so you don't have to eat tomatoes that have been on the truck from Mexico for three weeks. Mm. Uh, you just eat tomatoes that were picked yesterday. And uh, beautiful, beautiful produce is coming out of these greenhouses. And uh, by the end of uh, 2025, I think we're going to have about seven giant greenhouses, millions of square feet of uh, growing under glass. It is sustainable agriculture, using a fraction of the water. That is a awesome. You can clap for that. That's of of a good food. thing. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Really great. <laughs> that's really cool and i like serving on the boards of some of these companies um uh, of course a lot of companies have been um uh, been they they've been told to hire women on their boards um more so than ever before because uh because of the me too movement and other movements and also uh black lives matter movement there's more blacks on the boards now and that's all good um i really think it's important to have a diverse board uh, to have um, uh, interesting people that can contribute to the workings of a company, especially a new company.
2: That's great. And, and, um, and you've been on some really interesting boards. You were on the board of the, the New York Stock Exchange for I was long.
1: on the board right at the bad time yeah. when Mr. Grasso was axed. <laughs> by Mr. Langone, do you remember that? I do. Oh my gosh, bad things, bad things. But and he wasn't the, he wasn't a bad guy. Yeah, that'll be in my autobiography. I'll tell I'm the, waiting for I'll that. tell when that happens. And yeah, that's supposed to be your
2: hundredth book, right? Your autobiography? No, it won't
1: be though, because um, it's going to be my favorite recipes. Because uh, first, <laughs> I'm, first, I'm working on a documentary with R.J. Cutler. We're oh, okay. working on that now. Great. Going through my archives, which is extremely painful. If any of you are pl- planning a documentary on your life, uh, be prepared. It's like going to the psychiatrist's couch every time your producer shows up. Because boy, do they! You think you have bad questions? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when, when um. <laughs>
2: so one of the things that that. Uh, that you've done a great job of that I think would but be But I'm really taking
1: cool. your questions back to him, though, because I think your questions were really good. No, okay. I got something like 10 pages of questions from this guy. <laughs> and I, had, I read all through them. I thought, gosh, we're never going to ca- cover all those questions, I hope. <laughs> but uh, but they were very good questions. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, this is, we'll be done here tonight, 10, 1030, no problem. <laughs> so. but, but one of the things that you've done such a great job of that I think would be really helpful to, to this audience is that you've taken a lot of traditional things and kind of presented them in a new light. And um, we have, in advertising and offers and products that we've got, we we have to do that a lot because you get ad fatigue and things like that. Um,
1: What do you think about when you're thinking about how to do that? Well, I call it tradition with a twist. Okay. Uh, It's like, it's like, you know, why use cranberries just in cranberry sauce? Why not make the most glistening cranberry tart? Which of course I did for my pies and tarts book, and then that's become a very favorite tart of many people. Somebody just wrote to me and said I can't live without a cranberry tart at Thanksgiving, and uh, so that was kind of that was kind of fun to to try to do stuff like that, you know, pumpkin soup instead of pumpkin, pumpkin soup in a pumpkin. Um, I I just I, I laughed. I went to um, Mr. Agnelli's house, um, the man who owned Fiat. He mm-hmm. uh, was uh, his beautiful Italian villa and his wife uh invited me for lunch and uh we sat down and she brings out this beautiful pumpkin full of pumpkin soup and i and she you know she she thought it was new I had already published that in my magazine and, uh, and, uh, in, in America. It was not in Italy, but, but, you know, that's, that's the influence of, you know, she had seen it probably, or I, I give her credit. I mean, I think she's, she was an amazing, amazing, beautiful woman. She got Mr. Agnelli. He was the most attractive man I ever met. But, uh, so she was doing something right.
2: One of the uh, one of the things that you uh, talked about was in kind of repurposing, or or maybe it's taking advantage of all the different forms of media that you've got. You tracked, uh, I think it was a pansy across everything that you did, and you talked about all the different places that it appeared uh i think there was maybe an infographic i tried to find it but i couldn't find it
1: oh it's it's in the magazine yeah yeah would you share a little bit about that well we we um are famous for our glossaries and famous for really good research i don't think in the 30 years our magazine is 30 years old this year i don't think that we have had more than two or three corrections really in the recipes or in the text so that's pretty fantastic. It is. And uh, I pride myself on having really good editors, working with really good, smart people uh, in the same kind of areas that I'm interested in. And that's how we've built that That part of the business is really hiring like-minded people who are uh, as interested and as nuts as I am about a subject matter.
2: Do you, so, do you meet with them and talk about, uh, or have you, uh, about... How do we leverage what we're talking about in this media across the other
1: types? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, today, I had to choose the best pumpkin images from the last thirty years. This, this is in my room at the hotel. Uh, the best pumpkin images, uh, so that we can do uh, our NFTs. Now, do you all know what NFTs are? <laughs> so, we're gonna do NFTs, and at the same time, is that it gonna we're be Martha punks. Uh, we don't know yet. I'm all right again. I'm, I'm not gonna tell you, but that's a good idea. <laughs> I like it. Um, <laughs> I am going, uh, we are going to be selling the, the image and the photographer will benefit. And boy, he's going to be, he or she is going to be so happy. And it'll be sort of, you can buy one or you can buy a, buy a, a collection of them. But, um, but again, I don't know if anybody else has done that yet from editorial. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Tom Brady's selling his signature mm-hmm. and, uh, other people are selling other, other images of themselves and whatever but our artwork, but this might be very nice. And it'd be a very nice collaborative uh, venture with photography. That's awesome. And we've been known for our photography for a long time. That's really
2: great. And, and you've also done a really great job of bridging audiences uh, and, and really at, at kind of a risk. Um, I know that when Halston tried to go, he was great designer super sought after high end, then he tried to go, I think it may have been JCPenney's that he went into. He
1: did, he did. You
2: managed to pull that off though. You went from kind of a higher end into Kmart.
1: No, no, I started at the low end. Okay. And sometimes I regret that because look at Ralph Lauren, he never went low end except mm-hmm. to, to the uh, to the outlets, but he owns the outlets, so that was good. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I really started at Kmart but my idea was, why not? I like good things. I like beautifully made things. I like practical things. I like things that really work. So I said to Kmart, uh, which was at the time, um, you know, it's, it's bankrupt now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was the largest retailer in America. Mm-hmm. And um, it was larger than Walmart. And it was way larger than Target. Target was a tiny little company. Um, Kmart at the time was 44 billion dollars. Uh, Walmart was about 26 billion, and Target was about I don't know, six billion or something at the time. So it was the right place to go. Uh, who knew that they didn't know anything about inventory controls and computers? They didn't know anything. They had grown. They had grown so well. If anybody worked for Kmart, you would you know what I'm talking about, and. Uh, and they, um, and they got into trouble ultimately because of that. But what a fabulous, fabulous manufacturing. They really knew how to make the best towels. I still, this is, this was like a 19, uh, like late 80s. Um, it seems like eons ago, but it was only the 80s. Um, but, the towels that we made then I still have in my bathrooms in my beautiful home up in Maine uh, that are still perfectly, perfectly good towels. That's great. And the sheets on the beds are the, still the same sheets, all made for Kmart at the very best price. And and I remember having to buck a lot of trends. They said, I said, you know, I would like to make some really beautiful pastel colored sheets, things that you might find at uh, Bloomingdale's at the time or Lord & Taylor. Um, And they said, oh, the people that shop at Kmart, they want navy blue, dark maroon, or black because they don't wash their sheets a lot. And I said, oh, come off it. You You have to be kidding. And they said, no, it's true. They just, they will not buy light colored sheets. Guess what our first collection, guess what the best color was in our first collection? White. Second was mint green. The third was pink. Interesting. Yeah. Because I was right. Of course, they wanted good sheets. They yeah. wanted nice color. Right. They weren't being offered it at the right price. Right. So, um, so we made a big, big difference at, at mass market, and and that, and and within three years, our business was like one point six billion dollars. It was a great business. All right. You did okay. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um,
2: and then you, you were actually one of the first people to realize the value of owning your own media. You in '97, I think, basically put together a deal to acquire all of your media from was it rupert murdoch that was the no it was time
1: warner time warner okay yeah t- time time um that was the beginning of the end of time i i thought because uh they shouldn't have let a property like martha stewart living go right um uh, and, and originally when i had negotiated the jo- the business with them uh they said well what do you what do you think if you want to buy it back uh what do you think it's going to be and th- they had written down on a piece of paper 45 million okay and, um, and I kept a piece of paper and that's what uh, we paid that's so it great. was really an excellent excellent thing and uh, and then owning the magazine learning how to publish it yourself without without time we, we, we cooperated with them a lot but it was a very interesting a very interesting time that's when they were buying AOL yeah. They were trying to... Uh, Brilliant merger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And crazy, because uh, n- nothing nothing w- went well for them after after that. <laughs> no, it was too bad.
2: Were you nervous at all about putting... That was kind of a giant deal at the time, right?
1: Well, I, I tried to go and, and raise money. Uh, venture money at that time was not so accessible to women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just wasn't, and uh, I remember going to one man um, who has passed away, so I won't, I won't talk about, badly about him, uh, or maybe I should, but... Um, <laughs>
2: now it's okay, it's safe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's, I, I went and talked to him, you know, he said, oh, we love the deal. Okay, okay, this is great, 60-40. And I said, okay, 60 for me and 40 for you, mm-hmm. and they said, no, 60 for us. And I just got up and said, thank you so much, gentlemen. And I walked out. And I just I just signed for it myself. I, I just, I didn't borrow any money. That's
2: great. That's yeah. pretty great. And I think uh, you met uh, one of the people that helped you put that deal together while you were climbing Kilimanjaro, which is- Well, I knew her
1: before. She was a Harvard business grad. She had worked for the Dolans at- who owned Madison Square Garden and okay. a lot of sports teams, uh, Sharon Patrick. And, uh, and we, uh, we sort of challenged ourselves, uh, and developed a business plan while climbing Kilimanjaro. And, uh, if you haven't climbed Kilimanjaro, you really should go. It's really fun. Um, it's a long hike. Uh, I called it an extended hike at a high altitude and you get up to about 20,000 feet and, uh, it's, it's hard, it's hard and it it is challenging, but, uh, but it's, uh, something everybody should do before you are 60 years old. Nice. And then after you're 60? Well, then you have to take oxygen and (laughs) other stuff. So it's better to do it before. I love
2: it. So you've also used, you were really early in the crowdsourcing kind of, Uh, idea and you used a lot of that in building some of the things that you did and like recipes and all that. How are you using that now or or are you?
1: Uh, Well, no, we still are. Um, We started a a, a wonderful program called American Made, uh, looking for young entrepreneurs uh, all over the United States and and, uh, sending out our scouts to, to find all these people and, and celebrate them. Um, and, uh, it's, it, there's lots, lots of good things happen from, from build, helping other people build, build their businesses by promoting them, just even surreptitiously by, a few pictures in a magazine changes the life of a lot of different different businesses. So we are uh, we're very proud of the fact that we do that. I've, I'm starting a podcast uh, with uh, with uh, iHeart Radio. It's um, it'll be we're starting it this this autumn pretty soon. And uh, it will be focusing on all those people that we have really worked with in the past um, and, and present uh, who are doing great things. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun for people to listen to.
2: Do you have any tips, like uh, things that you've learned, like, gosh, I, I, I now know that I would do this, or I now know that I wouldn't do that when you're looking at crowdsourcing?
1: Um, yeah, lot, lots, but uh, it take all day to talk about all of that stuff. Fair enough. Yeah, it's really... I read a story about you doing a
2: shoot uh, on Hogs Island off of San Francisco where you stepped on a cord, an electrical cord, and got shocked and threw back five feet.
1: Oh, yeah. That was not a pleasant experience. I had a hole in my waders. we We were at an oyster farm. Uh, and we were showing how oysters can be raised um, in a in a controlled environment off of Hog's Island, and th- that's the name of the oysters. They were so delicious until I was holding a metal stand in the in the water. Uh, it was in the water, and I didn't realize that my foot was full of my boot was full of water. And uh, some electrician whose name I he's he's not working for us anymore. He. Uh, <laughs> Hadn't grounded the wires for the lights in the water, and I got electrocuted. And, um, and I was able to finish the segment, but that night um, I collapsed, and I, I and I I just I, it didn't even I didn't even put it together really, um, but I had a big hole in my ankle, and um, where the where the electricity had come out, it burned out through, through my and it had gotten up to about here before it got to my heart when I let go of the middle, so it was. But that's, you know, I've been hit by lightning three times, too. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm just I like, don't sit too near I, attract, I attract currents. <laughs> I don't know why.
2: <laughs> well, so what I read was you had that experience, went to the hospital, and then you had a cinnamon roll shoot after that, and you went there and you had crutches, and you stood on one leg the entire interview yeah. to, to do that. That's pretty cool. You
1: do stuff like that. What, what, what do you do to right, keep... In, right now I have a, tr- a ruptured Achilles tendon... And I, that, I had operated on 12 weeks ago, and I'm, I'm out here in San Diego. <laughs> my doctor does not, do not tell my doctor, please.
2: <laughs> Is there anything that, that kind of you think about in when stuff like that, have, like when things go really wrong like that, and you still have to keep going that helps you to, to get through it?
1: Um, I, I believe in tenacity, and I believe in, uh, in physical strength, and I believe in, uh, you know, grit your teeth and bear it, for God's sake. Just get, do it. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you can't control it.
2: I like it. Um, and then um, opportunities now that you see in the world of homemaking and entertaining?
1: Oh well, there's so many there's so many opportunities yeah? still oh yes there's so many um we are well like we're working on the on a on this affordable wine we have a fabulous uh curated wine collection called Martha Stewart Wine Company where I curate the wines with uh, my director of food Thomas Joseph this young guy and we have never disagreed on the choice of a wine which it's nice. so odd to find somebody whose whose taste buds are similar and you don't have to argue with them too much, you know? <laughs> and so, and, and, and we do it independently, and we always, oh, we, we've been 100% the same. It's so great. So that's, and, but that's affordable wine, um, that, uh, that you can, we pair the wines with the kinds of foods that you should pair them with. So we, we take a lot of questions out of the, and, and we deliver it which is uh, you know it's it's uh, you don't have to go and lug it home from the wine store. Hey, what's the name of that one? Martha Stewart Wine Company wine Company. Yeah, and you can right. get it online. Uh, you can get it on QVC. Uh, those are those are fun things. We're uh, opening a restaurant in Las Vegas, really. Yes, in a hotel I, or pre-scale? yeah, in a hotel, yeah. and uh, that's that's in the spring. That's I think it's in March. I don't know the final date yet, but we're, we've worked really hard on that, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. What kind of restaurant? Um, it's uh, Martha's restaurant. Yeah, yeah, and it's my kind of food. I love it, and uh, and it's uh, the restaurant itself is charming, uh, a little different for Las Vegas, and I think it's going to do very well.
2: Can you share what hotel it's going to be in? Like Caesars. Caesars. Okay, yeah. great.
1: Yeah, it's in that beautiful long walk nice. arcade. And there's a um, e.
2: Savoie and a Nobu in there, as I recall.
1: Yeah, we're right across the hall from Nobu. Nice. Yeah, my friend. So that's um,
2: a, and who's that? Uh, I know Robert De Niro is an investor in that. Yeah, Robert's one of, of several,
1: but Nobu's to me Nobu's like the ultimate is it restaurateur? No, the restaurateur. He's really restaurateur. Good. Okay. Yeah, he's amazing.
2: I love it. Um, do you have a favorite varietal or um, or winery that you break out for special occasions or happen well, to just I, absolutely I love? I bought
1: I bought this gorgeous house up in Maine. It was Edsel Ford's house. Oh, um, and uh, built by Edsel in 1925. Did he and, do better there than the car? Uh, the car. I have a car. I have an Edsel. You have an Edsel. Oh, and you so want to know? I think they're so cool. They're so cool. The cars are so cool. And my daughter, when I bought the house, my daughter bought me the car to go with the house. It's a pinkish, reddish, and white uh, two-door station wagon. And I don't know if you know about Edsel cars, but they have push-button transmissions. Do you know that? Did not know that. So you just push D for drive. It's like a uh, Aston Martin. Oh, yeah, I have one of those, too. They're horrible. But... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have to climb down into a car who wants to climb down into a car yes, oh. yes. <laughs> i just took it out to you know zhuzh it up the other day oh i couldn't stand going climbing you know you're sitting on the ground basically in an aston martin <laughs> it's pretty pretty men look at you i get that a lot you think they're looking at you. They're looking at the car. <laughs>
2: yeah. So when you're up at that house and enjoying the Etzel, is there a particular wine that... Uh... Well,
1: oh, I was going to say, the, the wine cellar that's built into the rock ledge Perfect. in this house was filled with 82 Bordeaux. Ah, nice. So, and it's still good. Yeah. 82 has... Fantastic year. ...withstood the, the test of time. Uh-huh. And that, that's like my favorite... Red.
2: Do you have, are you like the, But uh, you can't,
1: to open it, you know, you're opening like $13,000 every time you open one. Yeah. Uh, it's like like should you or shouldn't you? So so do you, I, my guests walk around with like it's a baby in their arms? It. They carry the bottles around.
2: So are you familiar with a with a wine opener called the Durand?
1: Yes, that's such a great thing, isn't it? It's yes. oh my god!
2: It's the I do, I use it for every wine bottle now, old or new, because it just never messes up. That's right. Yeah, that's it's awesome.
1: Perfect. It Doesn't break the cork and it doesn't break the
2: cork. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you are known for, and, and and I'm sure it has a lot to do with your success, is that you insist on not dumbing things down. And a lot of, from investment bankers to directors on shows, uh, they'll say, make this simpler. You don't have to, like, I think one of the examples was on your show you were cooking things, and the director's were like, you don't have to cook it all. You don't have to just cook this much. We only need five minutes. But you were like, no, I'm going to make the whole thing and make it go. H- how do you... How do you stick with that when the world is telling you to dumb it down and do it quicker?
1: Well, I'm a teacher. And if if my teachers did that to me, I would be really upset. Mm-hmm. And I want to like my teachers. And I want to learn from my teachers. So I want to do the same thing. I want to teach the whole thing. Um, you can simplify. You could always try to find a simpler way to do something. But that's not dumbing it down. It's just finding a better way. Mm-hmm. And so I always say that our content is evergreen that we have created, uh, and we will continue to use that method or that recipe or that um, that technique until we find a better one to mm-hmm. replace it. So that's uh, that's been my philosophy forever, and it will continue to be. That's great. When, when you had
2: your catered affair um, company long, long ago, all the way, up to today. You've done a great job of differentiating and I was reading about how you were saying I won't compromise, I, I, I'm looking out to find different things, it has to be special, it has to be unique, it has to be different. Differentiation is a huge thing for us as marketers and um, h- how do you approach that when you're, when you're thinking about doing things like that?
1: Well, it's, um, that's just the way we are and we want to look for the, the products, the, the way the products are made that makes them better. Um, we have a, we have a grill and then just even color. I mean, it, I, I wanted to get one of those green egg things, uh-huh. you know? And, um, and I hate that color green so much. So I called the company up and I said, could we make this grill a different color for me, for my yard? Because I don't want to have that color in my yard. And, uh, they said, absolutely not. It's called the green egg, you know, lady. And, um, <laughs> and so I found a company that, made even a better one and we'll make it custom color any color you want so you have to do stuff like that
2: speaking of colors did did i read somewhere that that they thought that for a long time you hated the color
1: purple oh they say i don't like purple they don't i don't like red flowers it's true it's true (laughs) 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 then
2: they're accurate i like that
1: (laughs) Um, not always not always (laughs) I, i might wear something purple sometime
2: you've done such a great job from, so you were a model back in the day and worked with Chanel and some of those big houses and then became a stockbroker back in the 60s, the late 60s, when it was really almost unheard of, earning six-figure salaries and, and on and on and on doing other things. Um, so you've helped kind of disrupt the normal stereotypical gender roles things, and yet at the same time you've made you've elevated that through entertaining and things like that how do you think is best for us to approach trying to break through the challenges of of gender roles and and such
1: well i, I think we're doing a better job of it nowadays than before mm-hmm. Uh, it's been extremely disruptive, the, the methods that some of us have taken to do that. Right. But not me, I'm, I'm, I'm not, that, I'm not as disruptive really as, as what's been going on in the last couple of years. Um, but, but you have to, um, sort of believe in, in your goal and, um, and try to get there in, in whichever way you can. It's, uh, I, I don't like violence, I don't like torture. I do not like, uh, I do not like, uh, death and dismemberment and any of those things that have been occurring in the last, you know, four years. Mm -hmm. I just can't stand it. Um, but, um, I think there's other ways to get a go about it, but, um, it's hard and, and, uh, and revolution is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Look, look at the, look what's going on in this world. Not only do we have a pandemic, we have revolution, we have, uh, chaos, we have, uh, such terrible things going on and uh, and every day I, I thought I thought when we finally got uh, I can't talk enough sorry <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about anything okay political can't do that yeah, okay All and right. you know why because I have a wonderful magazine and 50 percent of my readers are Republicans and 50 percent of my readers are Democrats and you cannot you cannot start to take sides when you are the editor-in-chief of such a property.
2: Yeah. That that's I the... can
1: tell you in private, but I'm not going to tell you in public. Prob- <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> yeah, it's right. just us here.
2: <laughs> One of the things that that you've said is that it's really important to hire the smartest, brightest and the best people and surround yourself with those and that 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 has a lot to do with success. A lot of people I think are afraid to do that because they'll be outshone or they'll be intimidated to have somebody that knows more about things than they do. How how do you approach that?
1: Well, I don't I don't think Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates would have ever gotten anywhere where they are without hiring the best, best people around them. Mm -hmm. Um, Look at Zuckerberg, you know, and if he didn't like them, then he just discarded them. You know, you can, you can do, you you have to, you have to get good people around you because all Big ideas take a lot of people to make happen. Absolutely.
2: And and a lot of the folks that, that work with you or have worked with you say that they've really gotten a lot out of it because you pushed them, that you were always asking questions. Is there an approach to doing that, like other than just being generally curious?
1: Um, well, business-like too. I mean, it's, it's a business mm-hmm. and you have to know the answers and you have to be able to get, uh, get people to uh, go in the right direction. Uh, and to find the solutions for a, a problem, so yeah, we we work really, really hard on on uh, on trying to get people to uh, to come to the same conclusion.
2: So you you said um, that curiosity. Speaking of curiosity, is probably your biggest strength, but also probably your biggest weakness. What did you mean by that?
1: Well, it's it's. Wonderful to be curious and wonderful to to uh, pay attention to uh, so many different things and and ask the questions, but it can also get you into a lot of trouble, um, and um, and it can also take up time. Yeah. Any particular so. trouble that you've gotten into with curiosity? Oh, nothing. I've never gotten any trouble in my all right, life. All right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you also said that it's really important to learn something new every day. Read something. Uh, watch something and um, and don't go to bed, not having learned something.
1: No, I'm the I'm the veritable insomniac. I, I, Four hours a night, you say, right? Oh, I mean, who knows? It's a very. It's it's not good. My doctor says you have to sleep more. Uh-huh. Uh But but the iPad, which was you know the iPad is the worst thing. Do not take your iPad to bed. But I do. I take two I because too. I sometimes run, <laughs> the power runs out of one, and now I got to get the long, long charging cord that goes under the bed to the outlet that's under the, and uh, so I have two iPads. That's <laughs> really bad. And, um, and, no, I binge watch things. Um, what are you binging right now? No, I just, I just, I just finished, uh, I finished one series, and um and now I'm started this new one, something with Jessica Chastain and I. And what's his name, Isaac? Oh, uh, uh, the marriage. Something, or something about like that? the marriage. It's so de- it's so depressing. I'm not going to watch anymore. Really? Okay. No, it's not new. It's old. It's 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 a re- redo of uh, Ingmar Bergman. And when I was in college, Ingmar Bergman was the thing. And I remember going to Radio City to see Ingmar Bergman, Wild Strawberries, with a with a. Uh, boyfriend and I fell asleep and <laughs> I've almost and that these are it's so depressing so don't <laughs> don't watch that one <laughs> all right there
2: there is one I want to say it's the queen's gambit that I think she was in that was fantastic that about a chess player that would be that you would probably oh really she wasn't in a, it. A
1: Jessica Chastain yeah was that not no her? no was no it? that other queer beautiful girl that I don't know her name okay but she, oh that's a great that's a great series It
2: was great yeah um What's a typical day like for you these days?
1: Um, get up early. I have lots of animals who live in my house and outside my house.
2: They have like hundreds of pets, right? Yeah, I
1: have lots, lots. And lots of birds. I have canaries and parakeets and cats and dogs in the house. And then outside, all kinds of other fowl. I have peacocks and chickens. We counted the hens the other day. 147 hens. Wow. And uh, 37 roosters. And we have... 20 peacocks, and uh, we have, um, I think, about 22 geese, different, all different nationalities, and uh, and they coexist very nicely. By the way, <laughs> the, the the Africans are getting along well with the Germans, and the Germans are getting along with the French. And <laughs> <laughs> did you know there are so many different types nationalities of geese? Yes, I well, did not. <laughs> oh, they're they're really something, and um, guinea fowl. And uh, pigeons. Oh, I have homing pigeons from all over the world. Really? Too. Yeah,
2: they're inter- they're very nice. Pige- have you homed, Have you sent messages? Uh,
1: no, not yet. I'm, I'm. 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 We have too many hawks, and the hawks will eat the. Oh, pigeons, no kidding! Right. Yeah. So we have to watch out. Anyway, that's. Um,
2: so to get everything done that you get done with hundreds of pets and all of these media, and families. we moved.
1: We moved during the last two years. We moved lots of the operations of my company up to my farm. Oh, did you really? Yeah, because we had to do TV. We had to do uh, our Martha knows best for Discovery. We had to do our um, uh, lots and lots of uh, Zoom conferences yep. like this. We did on the Zooms there. We did yep. CBS this morning. We did the Today Show, all from the farm because it was very difficult. You couldn't go to New York, and, right. and and they were so happy that we figured it out. My gardener is the best lighting guy, and uh, he's just the best gaffer, and he he can do everything. and And one of my one of my assistants is really good at, at producing, and uh, so we we've we've done a tremendous amount. We never stopped working at all.
2: So how do you? Because you've you had a home based business all the way back to the Turkey Hill days, right? Yes. How, how do you? For for those of us who work out of our house, you are ridiculously productive. Do you have any tips for how to do that, how to kind of balance all of that? Well, them? it
1: helps to have a 150-acre farm. Okay, step one. Yeah, step one. All right, And many different buildings. Okay. And every project that we do is the subject of a blog or a magazine article. Uh, the gardens are all photographed constantly uh, in the October issue. Um, there's a beautiful, beautiful story about my maple woodland that I planted, about 400 Japanese maple trees. And I was so proud of this beautiful story that's in the magazine. And then I started to read the comments on Instagram because we posted a couple of the pictures. Uh-huh. And, oh, the comments... Yeah Martha it's great to plant invasive species foreign species <laughs> instead of natives i mean you went on and on about these natives and uh, and i said what country do you come from where is your relative where is your ancestors from you know it was just annoying <laughs> so um so we try very hard to do the right thing and it's all organic my farms organic and it's and it's beautiful and we have great harvests of great things but but it's um, annoying when people don't understand what you're trying to do, right? Yes. So
2: why don't they just get it?
1: So, do not answer. Do never comment on your comments. And I made a mistake yesterday. I never I'm read sure. your
2: comments. It's just depressing. <laughs> <laughs> you said um, success seldom takes the form that you think it will. What are some scenarios where you had success taking a different form than you expected?
1: Um, well, like like my grandchildren, I I. I don't like to talk too much about my grandchildren because my daughter gets mad at me. I'm not allowed to post their pictures and all of that stuff. But um but my um my grandson, who's very bright for his age, he said, you know, I, I looked up Martha and, uh, and I said, Yeah, what'd you find? And he said, You're the most famous Martha, more famous than Martha Washington and he got so mad at me. Really? Yeah. Because I because Martha Washington should be the most famous Martha. Wow, you know. Anyway, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Any
2: other surprise successes like things that just kind of took you by surprise that happened in a different way than you thought?
1: Um, probably, but I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, there's been a lot of parodies done uh, about uh, about you that 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 uh, I think John Hanson was saying that. Um, there have been Saturday Night Live parodies. There's, uh, I like uh, Martha Stewart's Better Stewart's better Than You Are at Entertaining, Is Martha Stewart Living, and Martha Stewart's Excruciatingly Perfect Weddings. Um, I have all of those. You, Yeah, and I was going to say, you you like I that. Cher- you I that,
1: cherish right? all of those.
2: Yeah. when So those are kind of done not really nastily. A lot of us deal with, like you said, don't read the comments, a lot of us deal with things that aren't necessarily nice, and you've experienced that. H- how do you deal with that to kind of make it not so bad?
1: Well, it's, it's, it hurts sometimes to read some some things that are not true about you. During my trial, I, I had to read um, a lot of bad stuff. And like the New York Post, mm-hmm. they had some columnists there that, you know, should, should have not been there and are now dead, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> horrible people didn't understand anything they were writing about. And then there's, but they always find the same, they find that same kind of person. Yeah. There's still those people in the, in the New York Post. Um, but um, but it's, um, it's, you know, just, you just have to, uh, again, be stronger than, than the opposition.
2: You said, I think of that time, I learned that I cannot be destroyed. Yes. What, what does that mean?
1: Well, I didn't, I didn't let it get to me really down deep because uh I th- I lived through it and I th- and I came out of it my my uh company survived I survived I didn't get sick you know I wasn't sick I wasn't dying mm-hmm. uh and and you uh you can survive stuff like that and I remember it was a, a, a federal prison that was not so bad yeah yeah
2: like, I I like I, have, I have also been to a federal Camp prison. Cupcake <laughs> Camp Cupcake
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what they called it I called it going to going yeah well, whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you you said that um authenticity is really really important and um and there's a lot of inauthentic content out there. H- how do you how do you best negotiate that to stay authentic with all of the Well,
1: authentic is not only just just real, it's uh, it's also accurate. Um it's um it's well researched. Um, it's it's all the things that we really pride ourselves on doing, um, creating, uh, again, products that work, that don't fall apart, that have longevity, um, uh, recipes that, you know, don't leave out an ingredient. Oh, by the way, I want to show you my new book. We just did um, Martha Stewart's Fruit Desserts. It's our 99th book. All right. And it's coming out, it's coming out in a couple weeks. And. Uh, there, and I just, uh, and the Aspen Food and Wine, I, I cooked th- uh, three of these um, recipes. And uh, and it's so nice to revisit the recipes that you've worked so hard when you're creating a book uh, and that they still taste so good and they look so pretty. Is there a favorite in there for you? Uh, yeah, the upside down lemon meringue pie. All right. The crust is meringue instead that's, of being on top. And then you awesome. fill it with a, the lemon curd. I love that. Yeah, it's good. Um, so... As we kind of
2: close out today, is there anything that, that we didn't talk about that you think would be really cool to share with the audience here?
1: Well, you didn't talk much about gardening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gardening is my hobby. It's my favorite thing to do. you have a favorite flower? Um, the one that's blooming now in the garden. Nice.
2: My wife has dinner plate dahlias. She just oh. loves them. Oh, dahlias. I bet they're beautiful. And she's very upset that you can't, or at least she can't, but I wanted her to come down here and talk to you because she can't grow peonies here
1: no you can't it's not cold enough yeah yeah because uh peonies, do you have like
2: a cold house instead of a hot house to grow those in How do no, you no no no
1: peonies we 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 get down you know below zero yeah. we don't get below zero here yeah so you have to have cold winters to stimulate the root growth and then the and they it dies down they, they die down they're they're perennials and I, th- I think you have less perennials here we do uh then we then we can grow uh, no, it's, um, it's I love gardening. I love making, I love cutting the hay fields. I, on uh, last Sunday before I got on the, before I got on the plane, I uh, I cut a whole hay field with my new tractor. Did you really? You're yeah. riding around on the tractor? Yeah, it's very relaxing. That is great. Yeah, and, you know, it was getting dark. I had to, I had to pull over and get, go back home. <laughs> but it was fun. That is awesome.
2: Well, thank you so much for coming out here and thank being you. here
1: with us and sharing.
2: Let's give Martha a big hand. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've been listening to business lunch with Roland Fraser.
2: if you're enjoying the show let us know by subscribing and leaving a review and for
0: more information go to businesslunchpodcast.com thank you for listening Hey, Business Lunch listeners, we're going to get right back to the show, but Roland wanted me to invite you to a brand new training that he's doing on acquiring businesses with no money out of pocket. It's something that he's talked quite a bit about on the show, but he's doing a free training where he's going to walk through the entire process. So if you want to get access to that, go to businesslunchpodcast.com slash epic. That's businesslunchpodcast.com slash epic, and you can get signed up. What if three days could change the course of your business in
2: 2023? Get Scalable Live is where you'll gain great clarity on the next steps that will help you create the business, life, and wealth you deserve. Connect with business owners and entrepreneurs just like you, hungry for advice, proven strategies, and necessary connections to grow a business. Literally, million-dollar conversations are happening in the hallways, in the bathrooms, (laughs) across tables. Get Scalable Live at Fairmont Austin, November 2nd through 4th. Tickets are on sale now at GetScalableLive.com.